Hello and welcome to Hardcover Hose, a long-distance book club where two book lovers express their feelings on their book of the moment via podcast. I am one half of your host, Sam Dixon. And I am Sammy Skorstad. Together we have come through book talk, combined our to-be-read lists, and now we intend to make our way through them one book at a time. We'd love for you to come along with us and join the discussion. The book of the moment for today's episode is Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. Just a forewarning for those of you listening, this is not a spoiler-free zone. We will be discussing this book in all of its glory, which of course includes revealing the ending. The author of Born a Crime, Trevor Noah, likely needs no introduction. He is a South African comedian, television host, and political commentator. He is the host of The Daily Show, an American satirical news program on Comedy Central. Born in Johannesburg, Noah began his career in South Africa in 2002. He had several hosting roles with the South African Broadcasting Corporation, SABC, and was the runner-up in the fourth season of South Africa's iteration of Strictly Come Dancing in 2008. Huh. I didn't know that. Okay. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) From 2010 to 2011, he hosted the late night talk show with um, Tonight with Trevor Noah, which he created and aired on Mnet and DSTV. In 2014, Noah became the senior international correspondent for The Daily Show, and in 2015, succeeded longtime host John Stewart. His autobiographical comedy book, Born a Crime, was published in 2016. He hosted the 63rd annual Grammy Awards in 2021. Noah has won various awards, including an MTV Africa Music Award and a Primetime Emmy Award for a from 11 nominations he was named one of the 35 most powerful people in new york media by the hollywood reporter in 2017 and 2018 in 2018 time magazine named him one of the 100 most influential people in the world before we jump into discussing our own thoughts and feelings regarding this book i'm going to go ahead and read through the blurb on the back of the book for the sake of contextualizing it the memoir of one man's coming of age set during the twilight of apartheid and the tumultuous days of freedom that followed Trevor Noah's unlikely path from the apartheid South Africa to the desk of the Daily Show began with a criminal act, his birth. Trevor was born to a white Swiss father and a black Kosa mother at a time when such a union was punishable by five years in prison. Living proof of his parents' indiscretion, Trevor was kept mostly indoors for the earliest years of his life, bound by the extreme and often absurd absurd. (laughs) measures Okay. And often absurd measures his mother took to hide him from a government that could, at any moment, steal him away. Finally liberated by the end of South Africa's tyrannical white rule, Trevor and his mother set forth on a grand adventure, living openly and freely and embracing the opportunities won by a centuries-long struggle. Born a Crime is the story of a mischievous young boy who grows into a restless young man as he struggles to find himself in a world where he was never supposed to exist. It is also the story of that young man's relationship with his fearless, rebellious, and fervently religious mother, his teammate, a woman determined to save her son from the cycle of poverty, violence, and abuse that would ultimately threaten her own life. Without any further ado, let's get into it. Words are not my strong suit today. (laughs) Maybe that's because I read this whole book in one day. What's that TikTok audio? I read a book today. A whole book today. A whole book in one day. You must think that makes me smart. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. One of 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 those ones. (laughs) Or like, I am learned. I am smart. Right. Yes. That one? Yeah. Mm. Something something along along those lines. I'm so Um, tired. I love Trevor Noah. I'd Mm -hmm. just like to start by saying that. When I was a wee lass, 
a senior in high school. A senior in high school. My Much friend Sarah before and you I, were 21. My friend Sarah and I uh, booked a two-night, two-day ticket, whatever, like round-trip tickets to go to Vegas for one night because Trevor Noah's uh, was doing a comedy show mm-hmm. at the Mirage in Vegas, and the tickets were extremely cheap, and she had flying points. So together, the whole trip cost us, like, $120. Including the price of the fake IDs we tried to rush to get? Uh, if if we were <laughs> to do that, mine did not may not have come in in time. They did not. I I know. actually happened. I recall, <laughs> but I made it work. I, you know, I was resourceful back then. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked out, and seeing Trevor Noah was great. And I think it was extremely funny reading this book for a variety of reasons. Um, but the number one was because when I opened it, I realized it is Sarah Barnes' copy of the book that no her way. grandma gave her and inscribed in the beginning, like a happy birthday or some shit message. And she must have lent it to me that same year, and I never read it. Oh, <laughs> my God, that is funny. <laughs> so I will be seeing the owner of this book um, soon, and I guess I'll give it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I finally read it, at least, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's that, um, but I will say that the one thing we were both shocked by when we saw Trevor Noah in person. I remember you telling me this. Is his absolute dump truck. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We'd only ever seen him behind a desk. Mm Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh my god. (laughs) Man's got an ass. He do. And I thought it was funny that he discussed it briefly in his book, too. Uh Yeah. I was like, aw. (laughs) So funny. I remember you coming in. The weekend after that trip, because we had I don't. our <laughs> God, I know it was. Well, we had our fifth period. Um, we did class together senior year. Yeah, Mr. Tub. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't it, know why I was thinking about uh, a different class we had together. But yes. yeah. No. 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 So we like we would literally just like talk shit the whole period, yeah. Yeah. and so I got the whole lowdown on the weekend, and it was holy shit. Trevor Noah has an ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, how's the weekend? <laughs> he has an ass. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't until he walked out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but he's properly funny. Um, he is. And this book had a lot of comedic charm. It did, yeah. It definitely, I thoroughly enjoyed um, listening to the audiobook because he mm-hmm. narrated it. Yeah, and so it was like it didn't really feel like because I've listened to him for so many years now on <laughs> like the Daily Show and stuff. So it just like kind of felt like him talking about his life, you know. Which yeah. I mean, it was, but it was like it just felt so nice, and it was so cool to um to get um to be able to listen to him talk in all of the different languages because he really mm-hmm. explored all of the like or like. Because he's a polyglot, so like all the languages he can mm-hmm. speak, and um, and being like hearing them in the audiobook was like really really cool and interesting, and it was like holy shit, you're just like really going back and forth with all these languages. That's so cool. He said, "Let me flex real quick." <laughs> Seriously, I literally like I remember growing up, and I'm like, one day I'm gonna learn. And I'm just going to speak, like, ten languages. Like, I I thought, like, my pretentious, this is what I want to be when I grow up, was, like, I'm going to be a polyglot. And that's just going to be my, like, higher form of being. And now <laughs> I have, like, 
very basic level Spanish and English, and mm-hmm. that is it. So yeah, it's a fine. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's a fine. It's a fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. I am a product of the American education system, unfortunately. Aren't, aren't we unfortunately all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I really also I also but okay. Well, I also uh, listened to the audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um while I was reading and I just think Trevor Noah is one of those people where he was definitely born to be in the media. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like charismatic. Okay, can audio can can record an audiobook and it's wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. Can make funny joke, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> can host TV shows, events. Like he he is so charismatic. Yeah, that it's just insane to me how charismatic he is, mm-hmm. and I just really, really enjoyed listening to like his voice in both his work and like his actual reading voice. Right. Like it was, it was such a personal story too that I felt like it really only could be told by him. Yeah, way. It, it was his life, a very personal story. I meant like his reading person. the audio book. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not like nobody else could have told the story, right? Right. Right. I also really liked his writing style. I felt like the one, like, qualm, I guess, I had um, was it felt like when he jumped around his, like, his life a little bit. Mm -hmm. um and it was like wait a second like he was talking about like books books were my only escape blah 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 but then it was like wait last chapter you said you weren't allowed to read books because and like he would eventually explain things but like i would be like wait a second you said like a couple chapters ago that da 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 or whatever and you were only only allowed to be in the church like your book was the bible that's it that's it. And yeah. then the next thing it was like book was my books were my escape and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? Uh, and that happened a few times with things. And um, I I found myself just and I, I was trying to like, okay, why did he organize it that way? Or like, why did he do that? Mm-hmm. But I mean, ultimately, I think it's just like there's so much information if you're doing a autobiography, mm-hmm. like you end up kind of adding in bits and pieces of from different times I based off of what you're lot, talking about. Yeah. I think it was a lot about like, I'm setting this up so I can give you a payoff, right? Like mm-hmm. setting up all the stuff about, um, Abel was, was yeah. That Abe. The guy? Yeah. Abe. Abel. Yeah. His name Abel. was Abel. Okay. But yeah. Uh, that's what I thought. Okay. So setting up all the stuff about Abel and then kind of letting us know that like eventually he would shoot, my mom in the back of the head, right? I thought that for sure meant murder. Yeah. And she's I still alive. Yeah. Which that in itself is crazy. Um, I, I I think there was a lot of like lead up to the big joke. Not big joke, but like big reveal or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Like in the beginning, we hear how religious his mother is and all this stuff. And then right. at the end. The, she gets the last little joke, like of having this miracle happen to her. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I just think, like, I I think I wish I would have read this <laughs> when it was given to me <laughs> originally. Yeah. Uh, because I think I would have had way more of an appreciation of seeing him mm-hmm. do his thing live. You know. Right. Uh. 
because he's just so incredible. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think for me, this was interesting because, like, I obviously knew, like, we all have a basic understanding of what apartheid was. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like, I appreciated having him explain like the absurdity of apartheid. You know, like I remember there was one point where he was like, under apartheid, Chinese people are considered colored people, but Japanese people are considered white people. And like, there's really, for like the average Joe, it's not a super easy to tell the difference. And so he was like, I was picturing police officers having to go up and like, hey, you, you're not allowed to sit on that bench. And it's like, sir, I'm Japanese. And it's like, oh, oh, sorry. Like, sorry for my, like, racism, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, and it was like, oh, they want, Japanese were considered white because the South African government wanted to trade more with Japan at the time. Mm -hmm. And so, because, like, that's ultimately what, like, Trevor Noah was saying about racism, apartheid, all that stuff is, like, there's no logic in it. And and especially all of the intricacies and laws that, like, the literal apartheid was like written as was like it was it was destined to fail because Mm -hmm. what it was based off of was just like going to fall apart at some point because it was just purely illogical Mm -hmm. and so I thought that was like I just learned so much more about apartheid which was really cool yeah um yeah because I mean like I felt like the way I learned about apartheid was the way I learned about like American history and stuff with like oh it was bad we had like segregation then we had Martin Luther King and now boom everything's great you know and like I felt like with apartheid it was like oh everything it was like colonialism apartheid everything was bad then Nelson Mandela was let out and boom everything Mm -hmm. was better you know I am going to be honest I think the only knowledge I have of apartheid I've gained outside of school I don't think I ever had any had any not even touching on it yeah in high school i know maybe not even maybe briefly in college maybe yeah and it's one of like the biggest like racial (laughs) atrocities (laughs) in the history of the world like that shit was bad yeah i this yeah it it was definitely Mm eye-opening in a lot of ways and then also comedic because he's funny Um, (laughs) like his story about how he had a friend named hitler yeah that was at first when because like he didn't address like oh yeah this is why his name was hitler until like a little bit in so i'm listening to this audiobook like is he saying hitler yeah is he saying go hitler right now (laughs) yeah Uh, i was like cringe cringe but i i'm sure there's a payoff here there's gonna be some sort of explanation okay (laughs) and there was and i was just like oh man how interesting right to but like you said right uh western history and the people who experienced it usually feel like everybody should know their history right but why would they care (laughs) right about about something that didn't really involve them well it was interesting too because like he kind of explained how black people in south africa Mm -hmm. they kind of they would have a more like english western name and so they would adopt these names from that had like these big, like popular names from <laughs> yeah. the Western world. And so like some people were main, named Mussolini, yeah. some people, you know, Stalin <laughs> and Hitler and stuff. And like they like, why would they know about 
like and he was explaining too he was like the education system too was designed so that it didn't teach the kids how to think which i mean Mm -hmm. we're somewhat familiar with as well but it was like you learn about these dates of this like world war ii or whatever but you don't really learn about the full atrocities of world war ii and he kind of talked about too the relativity of like yeah the holocaust was really really bad um i forget the name he's this is like how little i know about south african history but like he goes i think if you were to ask somebody in south africa a black person in south africa who was the like one of the worst people in history they like hitler probably wouldn't be at the top of their list it would be Mm -hmm. this person who like you know whatever or like king leopold in for the congo or whatever Mm -hmm. um so yeah that was it's like a lot of stuff where it's like oh yeah that makes sense like that seems obvious but like it's nice having someone explain it and like point it out to you Mm -hmm. Before we move on to discuss the rest of Born a Crime, let's listen to a quick word about the brand sponsoring today's episode. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, let's continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I thought it was extremely interesting to hear, um, like, from the first chapter, right, where we hear, like, uh, Trevor's mom threw him out of a car, a moving mm-hmm. vehicle. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking shit it's about to get dark and it did yeah. get dark but not in the way that you thought yeah um just i was just like obsessed with hearing about his mom there's I, maybe there's something in me who like just enjoys when people have good moms I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> um and even then he did have a complicated relationship with mm-hmm. his mom you know but like yeah. she did so much for him and like Mm -hmm. the way she got pregnant with him and it was just like I want a kid and I like I am and she like kept that mentality through her whole life like she didn't lose that when things got hard it was no I chose to like I chose to have you I chose to make you I chose to bring you into this world with me and like this is what I'm going to do to make sure that I am the best possible mom I can be yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like his mom's story in and of itself kind of was captivating mm-hmm. my attention for a lot of it too. Every time he kind of veered off, but I knew it was eventually going to come back to his mom. For example, like when he went to uh, jail for mm-hmm. a, a few days and he comes home and tries to play it off and he's thinking, oh my God, I'm really going to get away with this and like from mm-hmm. my mom. And she's like, who do you think paid your bail? Yeah, who do you think yeah. paid for your lawyer? Yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Oops. You know, that's, that's, she's just like in every corner of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and always like on his side for things for the most part, you know? Yeah. I, I also thought it was, you know, funny how uh, in the beginning we hear about how they would do that little mother son competition thing together. Mm-hmm. where she would chase him was and it a I, competition what was it 
like at school or something. I know she would actually chase him outside of. That, oh that's yeah, yeah, Be- at the, at school because there was like a running thing. They and they were both like the fastest at running because they practiced every day. Right, like, he would run <laughs> yeah. away from getting hit, and she yeah, would yeah, chase yeah. him. Right, and I liked how that kind of like ran through the book mm-hmm. at different points too. Like nobody could catch us; we were the fastest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was really interesting to see Trevor's ability to. Uh, reflect on things throughout his life mm-hmm. not obviously like I know he's he wrote a memoir right, right <laughs> but right. I mean like in those moments where he would have a true change of heart about something mm-hmm. I, I I thought that was an extremely interesting perspective to have because I think it's really interesting when you realize maybe I shouldn't do something this way anymore you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is kind of like a, a key moment and I think one of those in the in the story was uh, when he realizes that stealing things from people is, yeah. like, actually hurting them. Like, mm-hmm. when his friend stole the camera and it has all these pictures of a family on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, these pictures are their memories and now we've stolen their memories. And he was like, I decided then and there I didn't want to do that anymore. Right. And, like, that made it, it like... It wasn't stealing anymore. It was like, oh, this is actually affecting the people we steal from. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about the money you make anymore. It was, yeah, that was that was interesting. And I think one thing that really stuck out to me was him just describe like, a huge part of this book was, like, he was just an outsider and mm-hmm. finding where he fit in yeah. and kind of how he had to choose where he wanted to fit in because if he wanted to, he could have chosen like different groups but he was like no I felt like more at home with the black kids and that's like based off of where the community I grew up in and all of my family was black and yeah well so there was one point where like he was like just the way he didn't feel like he necessarily had a place where he could fit in um, and he was just an outsider kind of everywhere he went like whether it's at school or the neighborhoods they moved to or even in his own family um, and there was one point where he was talking about like, you know, the hatred that a group will give you that you necessarily like, so it's like, even though he was mixed and that community of, you know, mixed other mixed kids and stuff, like he still felt more at home with like the black kids and stuff. So he would choose to hang out with them, but he was saying like the, the hatred from the group that you should belong to, but you mm-hmm. choose somebody else instead yeah. was, like, worse than, like, the group that you're an outsider from right off the bat. So it's, like, if it's, like, that betrayal of, like, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be with us and you chose differently. Right. And so, like, just because everywhere he went, like, that was a constant thing in his life was, like, Okay, even like even when he was in jail, what group do I choose to go to? Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that was cool. And like how he found his way of dealing with that was, I mean, obviously, like I earlier I mentioned, like, oh, I wanted to be a polyglot when I grew up because like that was just like a cool thing for me. He became a polyglot out of necessity. That was his mm-hmm. way of surviving, being an outsider in South, like, like post apartheid South Africa. Mm-hmm. And because there are so many languages that are spoken there. Yeah. And so his way was like, oh, I can 
I, this is my chameleon. I can be a chameleon. I can go. And he said, he was like, I would walk up to groups and I could speak whatever language they were speaking. And they would look at me like, oh, you don't have my skin color, but okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're and you know, he language. stopped himself from getting mugged on the street yeah. because he heard the muggers talking about him behind his back mm-hmm. and responded jokingly, you know, and, and that saved him from that moment as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I thought it was a very interesting concept too that, you know, how he was kept inside for the early years of his life because, like he says, the the title of the book, Born a Crime, right, is because he was quite literally born a crime Mm -hmm. uh, because there was not supposed to be interracial couples and making mixed babies. And so, I, I, you know, to think of the perspective of baby Trevor, Right. Where he has no understanding of why he's not allowed to go play with his cousins and anybody else on his block. He's just supposed to be kept inside and how he like digs under the gate so he can run Mm -hmm. out and, you know, he scares the shit out of his whole family and he doesn't get it. And how he said, you know, broke my heart a little bit, how he said, like, I just thought people were treating me this way because I was Trevor. Yeah, I didn't understand that you know they some people would consider me one white in our t- our part of town and two i was not supposed to exist so i would be taken into the system if right i was found and my family would be deported and all this kind of stuff and yeah you know what a what a hard concept for a growing child to have to try learn. to grasp yeah mm-hmm. and you know how heartbreaking too I know that's what needed to happen for him, but you know that that sucks. <laughs> that's a, mm-hmm. that's a horrible situation to have your to be in when you're a little kid and you just want friends. And how he said he used to entertain himself for hours and hours and mm-hmm. hours, and just you know that makes a. And how he says like even now I have to remind myself to go be with people. Yeah, yeah. He was saying like even now like I can you can leave me alone for hours, mm-hmm. and like I'm totally fine just being in my own head. And which I mean is like a super power like yeah it's like sad to when it's an extreme but like that's also such a powerful skill Mm -hmm. to be able to just like sit with yourself too and be able to be okay being alone Mm -hmm. like that's something a lot of people never learn how to do yeah that's true that's true Mm -hmm. I also thought his little reflections on love were funny Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. His Valentine's Day mishap, his uh-huh. having a crush who he never told he had a crush on and then she moves away. You know, that's sad. But what I loved ultimately learning about like his small dabbling with love was how his mother constantly wanted to push into him like how to treat a woman. Right. Mm-hmm. Like how she's like would he'd come home and just she would randomly start telling him stuff. Yeah. Like, no, you have to say hello and look at me when you come in because a woman wants to be acknowledged. You need Mm -hmm. to acknowledge me in like make eye contact with me and say hello. How Mm -hmm. are you when you come home? Don't just go, you know, walk right past me. Right. If you did that to a woman, she would think you didn't appreciate her. And I was like, it's good. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Preach. (laughs) I there was also it was after he got his cornrows and his Mm -hmm. new outfit for the dance 
And he walked in and his mom goes, so is this the part where you tell me you're gay? Because <laughs> that's okay. Because <laughs> it's okay if you are. And yes. like, which I wouldn't expect from someone who is so deeply Christian, mm-hmm. you know, but I guess if like she was like, maybe it was because she was an actually true Christian and was yeah. like, yeah, you love everybody. So right. yeah, maybe she was just like actually one of the good ones. And- right. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought like his his learning of the world through like what his mother would teach him mm-hmm. was so pure because like you said from the beginning she chose to have him she yeah was like i just want a baby you don't i don't need you to be the dad i just right. want a child for myself mm-hmm. like her whole thing was putting uh you know someone into this world to make it better in the future it was her right spiel and i just thought she did a damn good job. Trevor's a, you know, Trevor's a great person. <laughs> I think, and like, she, he kind of explored this too, was that she wanted a teammate because she mm-hmm. had also been an outsider and she wanted someone who was just going to love her and be with her and be by her side and they could go through all the shit together, you know? Mm-hmm. And she kind of had to come to terms with the fact that like, oh, he was a kid too. Like they were, yes, they were teammates to an extent, but mm-hmm. like, she was also responsible for him. Yeah. And he kept needing things. It was like a, a point where it was like he was kind also kind of a burden mm-hmm. to an extent. Be- I mean, as all kids are just right. like, you know, but um, he was like, yeah, she wanted a teammate and this teammate was constantly needing more food and was growing out of their clothes and also always needing things and testing the limits and all of that. And um. But, like, she still was able to kind of, like, get with, like, understand that and then be like, okay, yeah, but, like, we're still teammates, you know, like, adjust, recalibrate, adjust, keep moving forward. Right. And I I, just loved – oh, go ahead. I was also going to say I also loved because he was talking about when he was at Catholic school and, like, he was just a prankster. And there were so (laughs) many stupid rules. And so he was like, what I learned from my mom was – if it's a stupid rule, then you don't have to fault like, don't follow it, you yeah. know? And he was like, but I also, by learning that from her, that meant I also challenged her stupid rules. And so she didn't like that. <laughs> but, like, he, she had his back with the, like, yeah. the way he was breaking the rules at Catholic school because she was like, yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, so, like, Trevor, mm-hmm. you're I not in trouble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, I just thought he was so funny. I just can imagine him as a kid so easily, too. Mm -hmm. Like, him being like, well, why can't I have the body of Christ? Right. I like it. So you're telling me. Crackers. I want that. (laughs) So you're telling me, Jesus, who was a Jew, if he came in here, you wouldn't give it to him? Yes. I loved that. And they were like, uh, but, uh. I just, I love something about smart ass little kids who are like actually saying something with Mm -hmm. substance, you know? Oh, that's so funny. I loved all of the arguments he would get in with his mom about going to church (laughs) on Sunday. And like all of those. And, like, what was a blessing from Jesus? And, like, what did Jesus, like, the power of Jesus, like, how they just had un- different understandings of, like, what a blessing from him looked like. <laughs> and it was, like, 
oh, you're sick. That's good. It's Sunday. Like you can come to church on Sunday and you can pray and you'll get better. And he was like, actually, I think that um, Jesus blessed us with the doctors who were able to give us the medicine. <laughs> and so um, choosing not to appreciate that uh, blessing from Jesus would be sinful. And so I think I should actually <laughs> stay home and take the medicine that Jesus blessed us with. And she was like, no it's sunday and like jesus <laughs> blessed you like it was a blessing that you got sick on a sunday and so you can go to church and blah blah and like they would just go back and forth with that and it was the same thing on the day that he, he got thrown from the car mm-hmm. because it yes was, it was like oh the car broke down well this is a sign from jesus we have to stay home today yeah and i was like this is a test from <laughs> it's, no it's a test from the from satan and blah 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 and like the devil puts challenges in your or jesus puts like challenges in front of you and he was like actually maybe we should like everything is in jesus's plan so <laughs> this means he's trying to tell us to stay home today and <laughs> Yeah, and then after they got thrown, he got thrown from the yes. car. He was like, "I told you we should have stayed home today." <laughs> and <sighs> oh, oh my god! And we're skipping over the arguably the funniest fucking part of the book, hmm. which is where he takes a shit on the floor. Oh my god, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was cackling, and then and then they find the shit in the bottom of the trash can, and uh-huh. everybody's like, we have to get this demon out. This is something left from the demon. We have to burn it. And, and oh, they had God. Trevor, and his grandma thought, because <laughs> Trevor could pray in English, and right. so his grandma thought that that was more powerful. Yeah, and that, so that Trevor, Jesus would answer the prayers in English first. Because the Bible came to them in English, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. the Bible was obviously written in English, but mm-hmm. um, which I thought that was so funny. It was just like so okay. funny anyways yeah but yeah the whole oh you have to kill this demon kill the demon that left this here and he was like but i was the one who <laughs> left that there so if i'm praying because he was like my prayers worked so if i pray to god <laughs> to jesus to kill this thing it's gonna kill me and oh my god that and was his so little funny. prayer that was like um you know we really don't understand the yeah. full extent of what happened here so <laughs> i would say give the person who did this a break <laughs> yeah <laughs> cut him some slack and close okay um, <laughs> so funny i think that that just had me cackling honestly mm-hmm. i love i want to know there are some th- some things that trevor like shared in this book i want to know if he had told of these stories had come out already throughout his life or if by writing this book and his family mm-hmm. or friends reading this book this was the first time they were hearing of it right i felt that same way especially when he when they were in the hospital toward the end with his mom mm-hmm. and the doc the nurse was like no you don't understand how much money this could cost like and he's trying to hand over his credit card and then he has that very real moment where he was like well i paused yeah because she did everything to make sure that we would have a better life than she did. Mm-hmm. So if I put myself in debt over her and then she dies anyways, right? Then I, I still have go to back raise, into the cycle. I yeah. still have to raise my brothers while I'm hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Yeah. Yeah. When she did everything she could to make sure I didn't end up in that cycle. Yeah. Like, so I wonder if like his mom, if they had had that conversation that for a moment he did pause and think about all these things or whatever yeah. before eventually saying, okay, take my card, you know, yeah. 
do whatever. Sh- I could picture her being like, "You were so stupid to pay. Like, you shouldn't have handed over your card." Yeah, yeah. You know? But and then, and then again, right? You never know. Yeah. Because and then how she was, how the doctor was like, "I hate to use this word, but truly, what happened was a miracle." Yeah. And you just, <laughs> yeah. Trevor just being like, "God damn." <laughs> yeah, this woman, my mother, always right. <laughs> Yeah. I, I truly loved their like little bickering mm-hmm. times I think they were quite funny um, and it, I think it was a really interesting thing to learn about a lot of his mother's perspective and her life experience mm-hmm. and then see her struggle like you know Trevor couldn't understand why he wouldn't why she wouldn't leave Abel right and that's a tricky situation to to to, to um think about and talk about when you weren't in that situation you know yeah i've like i've personally just gained um like so much perspective on like abusive households relationships Mm -hmm. all that it's like um it is like it becomes so difficult to like just take yourself out of it and be like okay because, like, you, when you're in it, it is so hard to have any mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. And in from an outsider, it's like, what are you doing? Like, you are in such a horrible situation. Yeah. Like, just leave. It'd be You'd be so much happier if you just left. But it's, like, it's not that simple. And like Trevor said, it's, like, I think less so towards the end. But it was, like, he, Abel would hit his mom and Trevor or whatever and then there would be those in between moments where it was good mm-hmm. and so it like they stayed for so long everything was relatively okay for so long because of those moments in between that it was like oh maybe it's not going to happen again he's really yeah. charming like he actually is a good person or something mm-hmm. you know um god like when we learned at the end that he able is still just like walking around Johannesburg yeah Ooh. And oh my! As a woman, I know you probably feel the same level of frustration as I felt reading about how every single time that his mother would try to report Abel, mm-hmm. the cops were buddy buddy with him, and yeah. oh, that's how that's how women are. You know, you know how it is, and mm-hmm. sometimes they need to be put in their place and everything. And if they had just for once done their fucking job, yeah. right? Uh, then when this whole attempted murder. Thing literally happened yeah. he would have gone down for it the right way right but instead he got off because he had, he had no, no criminal record yep yep oh yep oh <sighs> yeah that was infuriating because like it was what trevor said he goes the cops were men first and police second and yeah. when and like that that type of camaraderie that like really shitty men find in each other is yeah. just like I know, and it's like, I want to say not all men, but like, you know, it just gets to a point where you're like, want to shake the entire male population and be like, get your shit together. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Oh, we've entered the part of the podcast where we shit on X group this week. Today's Uh X group is men. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you have uh did you have a favorite line? I have a couple, actually. Mm-hmm. Let me find my book. Where the fuck did I put my book? There Let it me is. Turn on some lights. Did you have a favorite line? 
I did. Um, if I could find it, be cool. Okay. My first one is on page yep. 73. Okay. It says, we tell people to follow their dreams, but you can only dream of what you can imagine. And depending on where you come from, your imagination can be quite limited. And he talked, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. growing up in Soweto, our dream was to put another room on our house, maybe have a driveway, maybe someday a cast iron gate at the end of the driveway, because that is all we knew. But the highest rung of what's possible is far beyond the world you can see. My mother showed me what was possible. The thing that always amazed me about her life was that no one showed her. No one chose her. She did it on her own. She found her way through force of will. That's a good one. I have one on page 90 where Trevor's talking about how he was a bad kid Mm -hmm. um, and how he would, you know, be beaten for being a bad kid. I also, this was my next one. Yep. And um, he says, but I was blessed with another trait I inherited from my mother, her ability to forget the pain in life. I remember that I remember the thing that caused the trauma, but I don't hold on to the trauma. I never let the memory of something painful prevent me from trying something new. If you think too much about the ass-kicking your mom gave you or the ass-kicking that life gave you, you'll stop pushing the boundaries and breaking the rules. It's better to take it, spend some time crying, than wake up the next day and move on. You'll have a few bruises, and they'll remind you of what happened, and that's okay. But after a while, the the bruises fade, and they fade for a reason, because now it's time to get up to some shit again. Yep. That one was also very good. Okay. My other one was, I don't regret anything I've ever (gasps) done in life. We have to take a shot. (laughs) (laughs) I actually will. I actually will. Will you really? Yes. Stop. Okay, hold on, wait. (laughs) Wait, hold on, wait. Let me me go get a shot. Quick podcast pause. Okay, okay. I won't point out the technicality that technically we both had the last one marked, too. I know. Yeah, we'll just do... Just do one. But even more reason to do one because we had two that were the same. Yeah, you're right. What are the odds of that? For real, for real. For real, for real. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, ready? Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Dink, dink, dink. (sighs) Oh, no. That was quite bad. Nothing like realizing you're hungry by taking a shot. <laughs> Didn't even give it two <laughs> seconds to kick in. No, but I felt it go all the way down to my stomach. Mm. Okay, yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> Esty says, me too. Yep. <laughs> we did some whiskey. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, the I think... came after the fact. The vanilla vodka is for uh, mixed drinks only. Mm. Well... Wait, do we want to say what the quote is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got excited. Okay. Yeah, you can read it if you want. Okay. It's this whole little passage. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't regret anything I've ever done in life, any choice that I've made, but I'm consumed with regret for the things I didn't do. <sighs> Fuck, I came up the stairs and now I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The choices I didn't make, the things I didn't say. We spend so much time being afraid of failure, afraid of rejection. But regret is the thing we should fear most. Failure is an answer. Rejection is an answer. Regret is an eternal question you will never have the answer to. What if, if only, I wonder what would have, dot, dot, dot. You will never, ever know, and it will haunt you for the rest of your days. Yeah, that one was arguably, I think, best quote of the book, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. Yeah. 
Oof. Oof. <laughs> I also just love the cover of this book. Me too. I like, also love the cover of this book. Can you ima- like imagine just how proud South Africa is? Yeah. Of Trevor Noah. I'm going to use the comparison, right? Like uh, Mo Salah of Liverpool. Mm-hmm. He is by far, I would say, the most famous in Egyptian. the world Egyptian soccer player. They possibly like, Egyptian full stop. <laughs> probably, honestly. Yeah. His country treats him like a king. Like we mm-hmm. everybody calls him literally King Mo. Like Yeah. He's he's the king of Egypt. And like that's the level that I think when you have a small town or come from a small place or come from a place where not a lot of people make it. I think that when the people who do make it, especially good people, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially people like Trevor Noah, right? They deserve all the praise yeah. that they get, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I'm so happy for him, and he's just such a pure individual. Trevor, please, please don't have a huge scandal in the years to come. <laughs> I don't think. I, I, I truly feel in my gut that he won't, but if he did, I'd be so sad. <laughs> that would be, that would be like, I would have a moment where I'd be like, oh, Man. I have to believe all women, you know? Yeah, truly. Yeah. Like, I heard a quote the other day that was like, I would rather believe a woman who's lying. Like, I'd rather believe a liar than a person, than an assaulter. Yeah. Yeah, I would rather take my chances with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Every time. Yep. Every time. Um, okay. You want to do a rate, rate, rate? Yeah. I'm going to do a 4.5. Okay. Your reasoning for the 0.5? I felt a little, like... The jumpy aroundy mm, aspect, mm. I was just like, I was trying hard to be like, okay, mm, just like grapple with like some things he said in different parts, and then like, oh, well, this would have fit with like, this was the same time as like this story, mm-hmm. but like, I felt like what you were talking about didn't quite line up. And like, obviously, it's his life and it did line up, but it just like, yeah, I think just for that reason, that's fair. Um, I'm feeling generous this year. I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Um, I just, you know, it made me laugh. It made me cry. It made me. I forgot to say when I cried. Did you cry in the beginning when we found out why, uh, his mom pushed him out of a moving car? No, I cried when his dad was keeping a scrapbook of all of his career things. uh And he was like so surprised and taken aback and just like... Not our daddy issues jumping out. I know, dude. (laughs) He supported me the whole time. He's always cared. Mm, Yeah, that made me cry. That That made made me cry. cry. Yep. There's something about that uh, level of support. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. With or without the fame. Yep. That that makes me feel good. Because you hear a lot of stories of like people who are estranged from their one of their parents and then they get famous and then that parent suddenly wants to be back in their life. Mm-hmm. And that was not the case with Trevor. And that made me really happy that like mm-hmm. when he did go back to being in his dad's life more presently, you know, at the right. age of 24, that his dad had been like keeping tabs on him up until – he said like up until like this week Yep. of articles in the newspaper and everything. Like heart, my heart, mm-hmm. <laughs> my heart. And it was interesting too because like he wrote – when he was writing about his dad, he was like, that man is still a mystery. I still don't know, like, anything about him. Yeah. I know I have, like, some family on his side, but I don't know them, which is, like... That's so interesting. Yeah. I also kind of thought we would get more 
we didn't really get anything on his relationship with his brothers. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Aside from, like, you saw a little bit of Andrew. Was that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Isaac was the little one. Right. Right, right. But you didn't even yeah. know Isaac existed until the last, like, 30 pages or 20 pages yeah. of the book. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was really interesting. And I, I think that it was his way of telling his story, you know? And it's not their story. Right. And yeah, if he wanted to. And also, maybe they live more private lives than him. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know he had brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. So maybe they prefer not necessarily being in the limelight. And if you start spilling all the beans in mm-hmm. the book, the tell-all, you know, then uh, you kind of ruin some anonymity that they may have. So And some family relationships along true. the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, do you have any further remarks? I don't think so. I think... So far, Trevor Noah has been a gift to this world. So agree, agree. Yeah, let's not eat those words, please. Yep. Universe, mm-hmm. let, let us let us believe we have one figure to <laughs> yeah to adore, please, and have uh, a crush 10 on. 10, yeah, ten oh ten oh ten ten of ten <laughs> would uh, would see Trevor Noah alive again. Uh, yeah. I think I would have even more of an appreciative appreciation. I would appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. I would appreciate. Wow, one shot and <laughs> you are gone. What no. happened to you? Uh, I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> no, I would definitely appreciate it more. I think to to see him today mm-hmm. than I did when I was a little troublemaker. So, mm-hmm. so maybe we should go see him together if he. I'm down. Comes around. That would be a blast. All right. I think that's where we're going to leave it for this episode. Before we part, we'd just like to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to leave a review on whichever platform you're listening on, if applicable. If you have any further questions regarding topics discussed throughout the episode, feel free to join our Hardcover Host Discord server via the link in the show notes or send us an email at hardcoverhostpod at gmail.com. Feel free to recommend books to cover in future episodes as well. As always, I am Sam Dixon. I'm Sammy Skorstad. And this has been an episode of Hardcover Hose. If you enjoyed this listening experience and you'd like to follow along with us next time, the next books on our to-be-read list are An Absolutely Remarkable Thing and a Beautifully Foolish Endeavor by Hank Green. Until we meet again, enjoy your reading.